Welcome back, Immortal X friends. I'm Cody. I'm Riley. And we are coming to you live from this year's 2022 Hellfire Gala. Woo! Yeah, uh, this was a big week in comics. We are covering um, spoilers, review, thoughts uh, for X-Men Hellfire Gala, the big deluxe issue, uh, Immortal X-Men number four, and then Avengers X-Men Eternals Eve of Judgment number one. So... Uh, we had a lot. We had a lot of this of is reading a today. humongous week. So much stuff, and just moving the plot forward, all the stuff. A lot um, of stuff. A lot of stuff. Uh, do you think it was overstuffed, Riley? Um, I do not think it was overstuffed, but it definitely makes me. Uh, I really appreciate how much stuff is happening. How many pieces are moving in various places, and it kind of. It makes me wish that more comic weeks were like this one where there's just so much movement versus like new issues of whatever come out and we read them and we're like, that's neat, but yeah. like nothing really is changing. I completely agree. I think this, this, this reminded me of what things could be and yeah. what things have felt like in the past. Mm. Um, especially, I know I mentioned it earlier. Uh, so this is Riley's first like really like live comic event, Yeah, um, which is really exciting. I think my first live comic event had to have been Avengers versus X-Men. That is when I was getting issues weekly. And since then, I've, I've lived through a few. I think the closest that you've had so far was uh, probably Inferno. But even then, that was just kind of a four-issue maxi. Yeah. Um, so Riley was very surprised. At the end of uh, Eve of Judgment, number one, there is a long list of, of everything that it is. it is going to cover all the way through November. I think I was... Not only the the sheer number of issues that are going to be involved, and I know that many of them are just tie-ins. Yeah, and it, it's not uh, it's not going to be exactly like Ten of Swords was, where you have to read it in order and you know whatever. But like the not only the amount of issues, but the amount of time. Yeah, that we're getting the like the Eve of Judgment issue, like the Prelude issue in you know early ish July, and pushing all the way through to November. Yeah. Like, that's just a huge amount of time. Something that really surprised me today, and I know we'll dive into it just a little bit, is how closely this Hellfire issue really bridged the gap between everything that's been going on with comics, but, like, pushing it forward towards the Judgment Day series. Yeah. Like, a lot happened today. And we'll break down some of those highlights, but this is what I was going to say in regards to, like, events... Um, there was several times when Ten of Swords was coming out that multiple chapters would come out on the same day. Right. And it felt like this, where mm -hmm. by the time I was done reading for the day, the Marvel Comics universe was in a very different place than when mm -hmm. I started. And yeah. that was super fun. And it's interesting, um, I mean, as you think about, man, there must have been like 15 different like mini plot points that kind of got advanced at some point throughout the, the gala issue specifically. Um, how much of this is going to be uh, factored into the actual event and how much is of this is just setting up like future X-Men plot points totally um, in just the X books as they continue after the event is over, you know, um, a lot of the threads that get picked up have been stuff that we've been talking about or thinking about for, for a while, a year or two mm -hmm. years now going back to like the Dawn of X, uh, era of the the x books so 
It'll be interesting to see how many of these plot threads are going to be picked up in this this event and how many things are just kind of being like set up for something coming up soon. So with obvious recency bias, as in this just came out, Riley, what is your knee-jerk reaction to this year or last year's Hellfire Gala event? Um, obviously very different. Last year was done in kind of a... Uh, vantage point Rashomon style like mm-hmm. each issue just told a different perspective yeah while this is this is one big maxi told in pretty linear order yeah um, I appreciate how different they are that it this doesn't feel like a rehash of last year's Not especially considering that this is one giant issue versus um, you know 12 Crossing smaller over, ones or whatever yeah. um, they feel really different which is cool a really cool way to keep it fresh uh, you and I were wondering if there was going to be some kind of massive reveal of some kind in this. And I'm kind of glad that there isn't um, because this allows it to be like a nice slow drama burn of a whole bunch of different things. Every other page, it seemed there was some kind of like, oh, man, like this is going to become, you know, a next, you know, a next chapter kind of thing. Um, now, I will say that... Um, this is really this was really really cool and i love the new x-men team and the fact that they're doing the whole voting each year kind of thing that's very exciting a cool way to keep things fresh and interesting um this just kind of by nature of what the first one was doesn't have the same kind of gravity i feel um when you culminate with the planet size x-men issue it's hard to have a follow-up the next year be the same in terms of just like scope and scale. Yeah. Um, but I think this is going to be a really cool point to look back on once we have the whole AVE event under our belts and we've read the next several months of books. I think we're going to be able to look back on this mega Hellfire Gala issue and see what it did. I think know? so too. I think something that really stood out to me was last year it was so external right like it was so much about uh how the world viewed krakoa Mm -hmm. how the nation was colonized on mars and all of that and there's some really big strokes we learned about the mutant metal in Mm -hmm. sword wanda died um like there was a lot of big stuff while this year was really internal yeah like while there was obviously a conflict of going on there's a lot of um interpersonal yeah. Conflict, uh, relationship status changing. Yeah. Um, and I felt like we got a lot more just interpersonal drama that was super fun yeah. to read an experience versus last year that felt a bit more shallow. Sure. Yeah. And um, this definitely sets up, you know, if we, ha- we have an event coming called AVE, right? Avengers a- versus a- X-Men. AXE. AXE. AXE, okay. Judgment um, Day. So, I mean... This did a really good job at putting the players against each other. Yeah. You know, um, a thread that hasn't been picked up a whole lot, just as an example, is Eric and Charles erasing a part of Mr. Fantastic's mind mind and making it very clear that they've done that to him, like not keeping that a secret, you know? Um, Him revealing that to Tony Stark and then Tony Stark being against Emma and like, this is definitely putting pieces in play of like turning people against each other. And that's really cool to see. 
um, doesn't feel good, you know, to it see some of these good. characters coming against each other. At the same time, it's really making the moral people, like, very moral. Like, mm-hmm. we have Cyclops and Jean and Emma, especially in this book, fighting for what they obviously believe is right, but what yeah. they believe is right is, is honesty mm-hmm. and openness and not wiping people's minds. And so just kind of seeing these factions form mm-hmm. is, is really exciting in yeah. a way that we have not necessarily had outwardly during this entire uh, Krakoan era. Like mm-hmm. the cracks are starting to show a whole lot more. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of enemies. The X-Men have made a lot of enemies. A ton. Um, and I think that this book definitely focused on all of the enemies in a, in a different way than I thought. I was not expecting to see Orcus as mm-hmm. prominent in this as they were. Yeah. Um, I was also, I don't know why I was surprised. I think it had been hinted at before, but I kind of forgot that like Robo Moira was aligned with Orcus, yeah. like fully. Mm-hmm. Um, like she was part of their plan. And Orcus is now aligned at least with Druig on the uh, eternal side. Yeah. So there, there's, there's a lot in play. Um, I think we should get maybe some of the, before we get into the more big machinations, which a lot of the other two issues are about as well, um, how do we feel about the new X-Men team? I think we should start there. Uh, So part of the fun of the Hellfire Gala is in the months leading up to it, Marvel has put out a list of usually about 10 characters, one of which will get voted onto the team. That's not the only character that they switch up. Um, There's other characters that get voted onto the team as well. Uh, and that was what was revealed here. And that is our official X-Men team yeah. uh, for the main X-Men book going to uh, continue to be written by Duggan into this next year. Yeah. Um, this new X-Men team strikes me as being really interesting because right off the bat, it's very evident that this team is not going to have the same kind of synergy that the previous year's team has had. Yeah. Um, you have a pretty notable scene with Forge coming up to Cyclops and Cyclops has just revealed uh, the secret, the mutant secret of resurrection, immortality. Um, and everyone feels a certain way about that, whether it was the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do or a betrayal on your people or whatever. Shortly before the voting begins, you have a full page where Forge comes up to Cyclops and basically says, you should begin your apology tour to everyone on the island. Yeah. Kind of giving us a very evident place of or showing us exactly where Forge stands on this. And now Forge is going to be on the team with Cyclops as kind of its head. You yeah. Know? This is going to be a really different team from the last year, which I think was probably the point. But there is definitely, I mean, to say nothing about Firestar, right? Um, this team is definitely not going to have the same level of like, synergy and like family and friendship and those kinds of vibes that you may have had from the last team this is going to be totally different last year was such I, i was very excited when that roster came out because it was a cool team um there was some very notable people and some classic x-men characters but there was also some people who were a little lesser known mm-hmm. um, or just haven't had a whole lot of time to shine and they had a lot to do. I have really enjoyed seeing Magic headlining um, New Mutants, yeah. but a lot of that has been side story, so I'm so excited to see her in this. I guess we should say the roster for this year, we have Cyclops, Jean Grey, and Sync returning from the old team. 
Um, leaving the team, we have uh, Laura Kinney, Wolverine, X-23, um, all one person, for those not seeing me hold up a finger, uh, Rogue, uh, Sunfire, and Polaris. And they are being replaced by, uh, like Riley said, Forge, Scott's brother, Havoc, Magic, uh, Firestar, and Iceman. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so a very different team. And Riley already said that Forge made some passing comments at Scott. But uh, we also had some a strange interaction, too, of the Avengers basically asking uh, Starfire... Sorry, Firestar. That's going to be so hard not to do right now. Yeah, that's going to be tricky. Firestar to spy on the X-Men team as well. So we pretty Mm -hmm. much have two moles on this team already. Mm -hmm. um, On a team that's all about honesty and openness. Right. And in my memory, another thing is, uh, you know, as my brain isn't super encyclopedic with just the sheer amount of X-Books there have been since House and Powers, um, my last recollection of Havoc is him being pretty troubled in hellions yeah that he's not just a straightforward like level-headed dude right now that he's got some like damage going on um he's got damage he loves a clone of gene gray yeah there's a lot there's a lot going on um i'm very excited for magic uh excited that bobby is getting a chance to shine bobby has recently been Riley, have you read any of the uh marvel unlimited original series no there's an Iceman one on there right now that's pretty fun okay um that sat right before this okay cool but bobby's obviously in marauders was really expanding his power set yeah so mm-hmm. excited for him to get a chance i'm clearly a duggan favorite sure. as well mm-hmm. um yeah a lot uh i think you touched on it we haven't even talked about the fact that moira was walking around wearing mary jane skin yeah which riley and i obviously had thoughts about during the free comic book day and it delivered uh, moira did not cut off mary jane's face like she did with banshee instead it was kind of a weird like she had a hand around her neck yeah and, but, some kind of like necklace but then that... she could reveal that it was actually her face yeah at sometimes yeah but little... i don't know how that works but, um you know i was nervous when she was talking to proteus yeah i, I kind of thought he was gonna blow up yeah i i was i was very nervous for the nation of krakoa and I was very glad to see the five get a family moment mm-hmm. standing around. Um, some exciting beats. But Riley and I read this issue together, like sitting right by each other. And there was a lot of <gasps> yeah. gasps mm-hmm. from both of us as we flipped through. Yeah. Um, the five are now in pretty serious danger. Yep. Um, it has been revealed now to Druig that the five are how the resurrection works. So they are now in pretty extreme danger. Um, And they're being watched by Bishop and by magic. You know, they're very aware that the five need to be kept safe. And we've gotten hints before that, like there are contingency plans in place for what to do. If if, a member dies, a member of the five is attacked or harmed. Um, So that's good. But now it's definitely going to be, an interesting thing to see how the five have to kind of move forward after this. Yeah. Um, with some targets on their heads. Another thing that we kind of skipped over is um, not only is Forge, Forge being on the new X-Men team, like he's kind of having to deal with some of his feelings about what Cyclops has done. Cyclops kind of going off, off the, 
you know, on his own to reveal the secret of immortality without the blessing of his nation kind of thing. Um, is that Forge has some sort of like secret project that he's working on right <laughs> it's now? It's called for Project Black Box. Project Black yeah. Box. Do you have any knee jerk reactions to what Project Black Box could be? No, I don't. Okay. Um, I think I have one. They did they somewhere uh, call it a weapon? That it's some sort of weapon I that Forge is creating? I couldn't tell if it was, and I'm, I'm flipped to the page right now where Xavier, who has a much better outfit than he did last year, mm-hmm. um, say, how does this affect Project Black Box? And I think at one point Scott asks Forge when they're facing off against each other, like, um, what are you working on, Forge? But I don't know if he said weapon or project. Yeah. But here's, here's my thought on what it could be. My thought is that like a black box recorder on a plane mm-hmm. that records what happens in case the plane goes down. Mm-hmm. My thought is that Project Black Box is like an emergency fail safe that can exist. Part of me thinks even within like a black hole in case the universe gets reset. Kind of like what, like how in Secret Wars we had that group that survived. I think this is Xavier's like final Hail Mary in case. Moira or someone does manage to reset the timeline that some people with knowledge of what happened will be stored. That's what mm. I think Project Black Box is. Yeah. It is not called a weapon. It just says, I know you're working on something big for the council, any hints, and Forge is nice and passive-aggressive. After yeah, that. yeah, super passive-aggressive. Um, we have a lot of great moments between a lot of people. Now, obviously, that mutant resurrection is known. There's a lot of, kind of like in Men in Black, the movies where they keep joking about like who's an alien Mm -hmm. there's a lot of that like who was a mutant who is not who's gonna come back um uh, other people got uh hellfire gala costumes this year like non-x-men so Mm -hmm. spider-man's in one dr doom is in i think was probably my favorite yeah um i would be very okay if, if doom made that a recurring look yeah um some people pull it off better than others uh some people are just really not happy to be at the gala yeah. Uh, some of the Avengers in particular are very rude. Mm-hmm. And I know Richards has a reason to be mad, but some of these people, I'm like, I think your friendships are irre- irrevocably like, damaged. Like, yeah, you can't come so. back from that. No. Um, some smaller beats that I thought were really cool in here is, you know, um, at one point, Peter Parker kind of, his, his spider sense goes off as he's talking to Mary Jane, and it, it kind of is semi revealed that maybe it was going off because doom was behind him or something but i don't know i kind of am interpreting that as he was kind of aware that something was going on with mary i think you are correct and i really like the fact that mary jane was somehow able to kind of break through moira and give an sos on the glass for cypher very cool it's just a little moment it's you know in a in an issue as huge as this one is jam-packed full of stuff. You know, I really like that Cypher is around to pick up on an SOS that's tapped on a glass. Um, How do you feel like Cypher feels right now about giving Moira a chance at the end of Inferno? Yeah, I don't know. This, uh, that's, uh, that's a beat that I hope they pick up on later. I hope so, too, um, especially having him involved with this. I thought he was realizing it was Moira. Like, I thought that's what was going on. Yeah. Um, but, I, uh, yeah, I am, I'm very interested to see the cipher of it all i still feel like he he has a part to play and mm-hmm. everything um let's talk about 
favorite of the pod, Mr. Sinister. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a big leak across all three issues. I guess, anything else you want to say about the gala? Or I feel like Sinister's a good transition into what happens next. Um, just, uh, I guess, a couple more little things, and this might lead us in a new direction. Sorry. No, um, you're good. I like that, um, of course, with this reveal of mutants have figured out immortality, figured out resurrection... This is, of course, going to come in uh, a whole bunch of, like, ethical dilemmas kind of come into play with this in yeah. terms of, like, humans, you know? And, I mean, it's very black and white with a lot of this stuff, you know, when they refer to 16 million mutants are still dead um, and a population of humans cheered when that happened, right? So, like, mutants have no you know they have no good reason to start resurrecting humans or try to figure out a way to like make this technology accessible to other humans and stuff but i like that this is already starting to like show ramifications of like um you know we need to resurrect dr strange you know who is the defender of this you know this dimension this realm whatever um not only that but then you have a fun little orcus page where Orcus, of course, with their like, you know, oh, their ad for new their lawyers, really twisted thing, like, well, since mutants can resurrect themselves, then we should free all people who have murdered mutants because they can just come back to life anyway, right? Like, I like a lot of these avenues because that one in particular kind of made me feel grossed out. You yeah, know? like that's kind of how far Orcus has gone in terms of their like mutant hating extremism that they're willing to like pay for lawyers to get people out of jail who have murdered mutants, you know, and that's, that's pretty gross. It's super gross. I think one of the main things, obviously when house and powers first came out, like one of the huge reveals was X-Men have a resurrection machine now, like Mm -hmm. they can't die and definitely taking it for granted like the past the past two years yeah. as people have died and come back and like the stakes have had to be different yeah. so seeing exactly what you're talking about at the center now of an x-men conflict it's no longer just you know protecting a world that fears and hates them it's not protecting a world that fears and hates them and is super envious mm-hmm. of what they've gotten yeah. and so i i think that's really cool and it's also really interesting to me that like the resurrection machine is what seems to be at the heart of Avengers X-Men Eternals. Yeah. Eternals obviously known for being eternal and being able to resurrect. And right now you have a section of Eternals who are saying we won't resurrect because it kills people. Right. Um, but now the mutants have figured out a way to do that. I, I agree. I think the clash and the politics of this is, is very exciting. Yeah. So we see that start to carry over into Immortal X-Men. We have one of the ambassadors. I'm not sure from where, but he's been around a few times. Yeah. Basically approach Emma and say, hey, like, if you don't want to give it to everyone, that's fine. At least let some of us buy it. Mm-hmm. That'll only help you. Right. And of course, you know, those people being like the, the rich, and the, the rich, the wealthy, the corrupt. And, yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Uh, so there's a lot, there's a lot going on. Um, one of the main Orcus players has turned out to be uh, this, this individual known as Dr. Stasis, uh, who is in fact, Mr. Sinister mm-hmm. and a version of Mr. Sinister that claims to be the real version, the original, yeah. um, the original version that's going for it. And so Sinister, uh, that was revealed to Scott. Scott told Gene. And now Scott told Emma. And then Emma's told the council. So people know. People now know that this is out. 
um, there's a really nice page in the gala that was the exchange of secrets between Scott and Emma and, and crew. Yeah. Um, but I, I am very excited to see that it seems like Sinister is going to be a major player in Avengers X-Men Eternals. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously he is a huge part, even though, so each issue of Immortal X-Men, Gillen has written from a different character's perspective. Yeah. But regardless, Sinister has still been at the heart of each issue. Mm-hmm. He is, he is kind of our through line. Yeah. So what, what do you think? Do you have any, do you have any theories, any predictions on what's going on with the Sinister? Sinister makes the joke that I know we had talked about where it's like, it's like a suite of cards. Yeah. Or a suit of cards where you, and he said even Colossus could have figured out that that means there must be a, a heart and a spade somewhere. Yeah. Um, <coughs> honestly, Sinister is just kind of doing so much right now and so many different yeah. things that it's hard to know what's going to happen with him. I you know? completely agree. Um, he is at the heart of this event now. Yep. Literally, uh, he is he's he captured. Is, yeah. He's been kidnapped now by, uh, by the Eternals. He is Dr. Stasis, potentially the original. Potentially the original. The the sinister clone. We've on, come to know and love and hate. Yeah, on Krakoa is possibly not the original. Yep. It hasn't been this entire time. Um, all of the, the Moira clones that that sinister has. It, there's just so many different sinister things happening right now. Did you, did you realize last time, this was a surprise to me and i think i just finally put the pieces together that sinister can execute these moiras and reset the timeline up to a certain point yes i thought he was only like seeing through their eyes and executing to see the future but today and i I don't think he's actually done it yet today it looked like he was going to do that right Yeah. yeah um i think i had realized that but like having not seen laid out specifically exactly how that works i think it it is a uh, that is still an aspect of the books that is just a little bit convoluted for me like exactly how that works how he's making that happen this fake super mystery power yeah (laughs) yeah i know it's 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 a lot it's super heady yeah yeah um it's so much more complicated than she dies and it resets. Yeah. Now it's like, well, there's a vat of them mm-hmm. and he can terminate some of them to see through their eyes, mm-hmm. but others he doesn't need to. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I did like, so Sinister is trying to escape once the council reading Cyclops's memories confronts him about the other version of him. And he has a whole lot of X-Men powers basically in pill and explodable form yeah. that he uses to escape. Mm-hmm. What X-Men power Riley would you want to have on standby? Good question. Um, my first instinct is to say like Cyclops's optic blasts, but like honestly, like you take that pill and all of a sudden you start shooting lasers out of your eyes. Yeah. Like, well, can you turn that off, or all of a sudden you just can't open your eyes anymore because that doesn't help you with doesn't help you with that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I mean, I guess something practical like he uses Nightcrawler's power to which he added escape. more brimstone smell to. Yeah, and I guess that would be a good one. Yeah, you know, to just be able to you know kind of teleport yourself around. The the multiple man one seemed like a really good idea too. Yeah, that seemed good. Um, I think Magneto, if you did it in the right one, just having Magnesis for a brief amount of time would be pretty helpful. Um. It's great. Super yeah. fun. 
Very cool. But at the end of that issue, um, Sinister's captured. Mm-hmm. He's captured, and we don't know where until we read the, the following issue. Yeah. This was so fun, having three issues and getting to see the ramifications immediately. Yeah, having them work so closely in tandem this week was very fun. But also written by Gillen was uh, Eve of Judgment, number one. And only. There's not another Eve of Judgment. That was it. But kind of a, a nice little prologue to the event. Uh, very much. And I told you this, Riley and I were talking earlier, but this definitely just seems like the continuation of the Eternals books. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I mean that in the best way possible. I really enjoyed that run. Um, I'm definitely already missing the art by Ribic in it. Um, but still a really fun story moving things forward. Um, with with the eternal machinations how did you feel you've not been as up to date on the eternals as i have how'd you feel about this issue um i like where what it's setting up yeah i'm interested in what it's setting up um i will say and i you know i a year ago or whatever it was i did read the first like five issues of eternals whatever was out at that point and I found it interesting, although very, very, very chewy. Yeah. Um, this was the same. Yeah, this was the same. Uh, I will say, like, I'm very excited to see what Gillen is setting up, considering that he's also writing Immortal X-Men, which is on the top of yeah. the list for me right now. You know, and we've talked before, it's it's a unique thing to have one writer approaching the mm. angles, you know? Yes. And that's really, really, really cool. Um Eve of Judgment was very tricky for me to get through. Um, you know, I, I did get the synopsis from you the other day of, like, what's been happening in Eternal's world. But this is tricky. It's you tricky. Know? Yeah. Um, the Eternal stuff, there's just, there's a lot of different factions. And I I have a, a pretty decent understanding of Druig and what he wants. And, you know, deviation, excess deviation being, you know, mutant resurrection and all those kinds of things. Like... That's pretty clear, but in terms of just like the the Eternals political system and just like how all of this is working and stuff, it's it's kind of a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. It was a very I was kind of surprised for this being like the first tie-in issue to this event mm-hmm. with how chewy it was. Yeah. Um I will say this that, you know, Gillen's two tie-in issues to his own event have not been like fluff pieces. No. Which sometimes when you're reading tie-ins to events, they are. Yeah. They were both very immortal X-Men, a very Emma heavy character story, uh, but also moving things forward. And this one, especially sure. A lot of setup. Um, how are you feeling on our own Eve of judgment before this event starts? Feeling positive about judgment day, worried that this is so. what's going to take us forward. I think, uh, um, I'm I'm still really intrigued by it, although a little bit tentative, I think. Yeah. Um, one being, like, if Eve of Judgment is, indie, is an indicator of what, <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Bless you. Excuse me. If Eve of Judgment is an indicator of what some of these, some of the event is going to look like, it's going to be pretty heady and yeah. difficult, you know? Um but at the same time, you know, we also don't want the main event to be very fluffy, like you said, you know. Um, so this it's going to be interesting to see because there's just so much going on in the world of X-Men right now that it's like, how do you approach writing this event so that it's accessible for new readers who are just like, ooh, 
this sounds intriguing, you know? I completely agree. I'm, I'm very excited you and I are going to have something like this to cover. Yeah. Uh, because I think, I'm, I'm looking forward to that, of recording these, you know, weekly as we go through. Yeah. Um, so next week we start with Judgment Day number one, mm-hmm. uh, the beginning of the event. Uh, and then there are a lot of tie-in issues across everything, but there's only six main Judgment Day issues. Yeah. So I'm curious to see how faithful they are to that. Like if those are pretty, like, cause you could read just the infinity six issues mm-hmm. and know what's going on. Same yeah. with empire. There's a lot you can miss. Um, but you can still get what's going on. So I'm curious to see right. how much that is, but also like with Gillen writing both immortal X-Men and all of these other like death to the mutants tie in. I really don't know. I don't know how essential some of those are going to be. Yeah. But we'll find out. It's a really cool time. It's a cool time. Cool time to be an X fan. Cool time to be a subscriber uh, to Immortal X Friends. Uh, we will. We will not be next week. Actually, we might have to figure out something because I'm gonna be. I am going to be at Comic Con. Mm-hmm. Um, very excited. Uh, Riley and I will figure out a way to talk about Judgment Day number one, though. I yeah. think that that's what we need to do. So. Really? Yeah. Any closing thoughts on our on our on our gala? What would you what would your outfit be to the Hellfire Gala? That's my closing thought for you. My outfit? Yeah. Oh man. Is there or is there a character whose outfit you saw that you're like, I, that's dope? I don't know. I guess I like all of the colors in Steve's yeah. outfit. Like that's pretty cool. I really like the capes. I feel yeah. like the or like the cloaks look really good. Um I feel like both Summers brothers have some neat outfits. Yeah. Uh, Cyclops think, looked good this year. He that did. was a really good look. I, I think if you're going to go to something like the Hellfire Gala, I think it's probably a time to like embrace a cloak or something. To be a little weird. Versus just kind of wearing a suit. Yeah. You know, like, that's cool, but you can wear a suit to anything. But if you're going to go to this kind of event where the costumes are so colorful and off the wall... Go that, for it. That being said, this was Logan's second year straight of wearing a suit and a bolo tie. Yeah. So and knowing like you do you, Logan. Kind of dude that Logan is, it's probably the exact same suit that was probably not dry clean since the last gala. So. Um also John Hamm is yeah. in this issue a lot. And like very prominent. Very prominent. Two things pop to mind. One, John Hamm was originally the rumor that if the New Mutants movies continued, he was going to play Mr. Sinister. Mm. So I thought that was really fun. Okay. And two, January Jones, who played John Hamm's wife, Betty Draper in Mad Men, mm-hmm. played Emma Frost. And there's an exchange of like a kiss between yeah. the two of them. So I also thought that was pretty funny. That so it's kind of a funny. deep cut both ways. Yeah, sure. Um, there's a few celebs in the background that I did not know who they were. There's yeah. like one anime cosplay girl. Yeah, I, I have, I have no is. idea who that is. No. If you do, please, please send us an email. There's but... a cameo by Iron Maiden's Eddie character. Oh, who's been featured on almost every one of their albums since like the 70s or whatever. Really? That was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. One of the pages like, yeah, some character references Eddie looks like a zombie. That, yes, that's who that was. That is uh, Iron Maiden's like mascot that is featured on all of their records since like the eighties. Um, yeah, very. Why did they put Eddie in here? I'm gonna be honest. I thought that was Deadpool out of his costume, but then <laughs> Deadpool was talking. So oh, right, that was right, right. that was okay. Right, I'm glad you knew who that was. 
Um, George R. R. Martin was very publicly invited last year, mm-hmm. but I did not see him in the crowd. And I think I think it's because Emma is probably a big reader of Game of Thrones and was sad that he did not release Winds of Winter this year. Winds of Winter will probably be around in like the tenth Hellfire Gala, I think, maybe. I think that's it. When Duggan is still writing, Duggan's Duggan's gonna be the new Dan Slot, but yeah. for X Men books. Mm-hmm. And honestly, right now I'm okay with it. I think he's doing a good job. Um all right, any any final thoughts? Read comics. Read comics. I do like... All right, final, final thought. I've been calling for the War College book for a long time. Mm-hmm. And this this Hellfire Gala opened up with Bishop training. And I thought it was pretty amazing that oh, the so scenario great. he's running is, what if the Avengers invade Krakoa? Yeah. How would you kill them? Mm-hmm. That was and awesome. how would they do it? Yeah. Yep. Uh, so Always good job. Good to strategize, cover your bases. Good job, Bishop. I think you're already doing a really good job as War Captain. Even though you're mad at Cyclops, you're making him proud. Yeah. All right. Uh, Read comics. We will be back next week. Um, We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.